Hello, this is David Geckel from Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm a Leeds United fan. And we're back, bitches, and we're never fucking leaving. And you're listening to the DU Football Show. One Mr. Geckel was very happy this weekend at uh, Alamode, Houston. The, 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 the abode, I mean. Yes, Alamode. Hey, um, Graham, you owe me a shot. Fucking do it, dude. Yeah, no allowed oh. to talk in this <laughs> open. We knew you were going to take it over, so do your shot of my lord, motherfucker. Bottoms up. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunken United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, back in the saddle again, one Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing, brother? Not too bad. How are you? Well, excellent. Good to be doing this again, you yeah. and I. I like this. I this missed is it. good. I missed it. We're recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your football and friends. Need you to uh, make sure you're really sharing with your friends because a few of them have dipped off. Find out if they're keeping up with the show, damn it. We want them listening, okay? Um, Now, should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Absolutely. We are at DU Football Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can get in touch via email, dufootballshow at gmail.com. Um, once you do follow us on Facebook, though, you'll get an invite to the Drunkard United Football Club, a uh, closed group, DUFC, which is uh, super fun and loads of meme sharing um, and just banter, really. Yeah, it's pretty fabulous. It's a great time. That's the, the best way to get in touch with us and keep in touch with us. Fresh off the emails, by the way, from uh, our good buddy, Keith. Okay. Uh, Newcastle supporter. Uh-huh. Pro Newcastle agenda. <laughs> Wanted to point out that uh, my team has a top 10 scorer. Hard to believe. Also, with all the bitching about schedules, Bruce should start uh, should be bitching about uh, how he has to play Liverpool and Man City three days apart from one another. Talk about a shafting. Also, wanted to welcome back Mr. Graham and note his return coincides with the return of Tottenham to the top of the table. <laughs> Have a good show, gents. <laughs> It's all right. I've been gone for a while. It's natural for everyone to want to stick the boot in. <laughs> you know, that's just how we wanted to go ahead and do that there. <laughs> Same yeah, with myself, sucks. both work in the wine and spirit industry. We both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our sh- hands throughout this show and every single show because words are hard. Mr. Graham, we're drinking a special one tonight for your return. What yes. is it we're drinking? Uh, we have Blanton's Gold label i'm sorry which is a uk exclusive i wanted to get it out because i need to i gotta read you something on the side okay got it (laughs) um this one is 51.5 proof it is only available in the uk uh we bought it while we were there back in march and have done well i think to keep our hands off of it yeah the Um, wine until now spirit exchange i think is where we bought it that was just down the street from uh from um uh jj fox uh jj fox james james j fox right james j fox yeah james 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 J. Fox Cigar. Yes, uh, I think that's right. Yes. 
so this one it ran a sixty pound. Like I said, it's fifty one point five proof. So one hundred or uh, fifty one point five percent, one hundred three proof. I apologize. That's where we bought the uh, red spot at too. Yes, demolished that bottle uh, in two in days. A, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This bourbon whiskey dumped on six eleven nineteen from barrel number eight thirty five, stored in warehouse H on Rick number fifty four. Uh, individually selected, filtered, and bottled by hand at 103 proof. This, of course, UK 750 is illegal, so this is 70 centiliters, mm-hmm. 700 ml. Uh, but on the side of the bottle, I just wanted to read you this because it sounds like a Jose Mourinho press conference. <laughs> okay. Uh, we believe this is the finest bottle of whiskey ever produced. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it's really good. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Affording you extra flavor, uh, bouquet, and character. Uh, bottled by the Blanton's Distilling Company. Melissa, could you pass that to Mr. So Houston, please? This week- now, I do want to point out that we are not enjoying this whiskey a la mode, as apparently you enjoyed the football on Saturday. Right, With yes. a banana and ice cream, or yes. whatever it is. Abode, my humble abode, <laughs> but I said a la mode instead. I know, and then Keith talking about shafting. I think y'all just have cock on the mind. I was I was <laughs> really just wanting to make sure that you got your shot of my lord in before the show started, and you didn't have a chance to hijack the opening. Well, what can you say? You you win. You win. <laughs> well, it's a lovely little bottle. Uh, Blanton's, this is typical for their gold label. They do have gold label in the United States. Yes. Uh, and it's typically their single barrel offerings. So pretty darn good. So, uh, Graham, let's have a good show, buddy. Lovely. Got me right as I was taking a sip. Sorry. Have a good show to you, too. And what else should we do, Sam? It's been a while. We should remember to drink responsibly. How okay. about that? Hey, guys. <laughs> you know, that and drinking properly, as in putting the whiskey down your throat and not choking on it like you just did. Well, I had to put it back in the glass so I could respond to you. <laughs> Heard. So we're going to open up with a couple of draws. Um, both impact the top of the table. One has uh, us talking about the post-match more than the actual uh, match itself. Spurs nil, Chelsea nil. Brighton won, Liverpool won. Um, a typical Jose chess match at the bridge between Spurs and Chelsea. Yes. It was very apparent what they were going to do from the off, uh, which was just soak up pressure and try to counterattack. Yeah. There really wasn't a lot doing in this game. No, no, there wasn't. It was actually kind of a bore, Yeah, to it's, be honest. It, but, but it feels like it's neither team wanted to lose this match, and they played that way. You right. know, yeah. it was, if, if there was going to be a win to be had, it was going to be because the other team made a mistake and they capitalized on yes. it. They weren't going to go find the win. Didn't look like it. Uh, Timo Werner did score, um, but it was ruled out for offsides early was, on. I think it was what, nine minutes in yeah, or something like that. Beautiful strike too. But yeah. it kissed off the post and everything. It was really yep. nice. It's unfortunate that it was ruled out because it was a good goal. Uh, but you know, what are you going to do? Like there, as you said, there was uh Adventurous play was not exactly no. a term that you would use to describe this nope. game. <laughs> a- absolutely not. A, um, a again another shutout for Chelsea. Yep. Like it, it, it can't just be putting Mendy in the net. Absolutely, it, it is one hundred percent. Just because it's calmed, it's calmed the entire defense down. Mm-hmm. They well, don't feel like they don't. They're not trying too hard. We we speak about that cliche a lot. And with Kepa back there, somebody who they obviously did not have confidence in, they overplayed their position. You also now have, what What are we, month and a half, two months into the season? Well, pro- now probably two and a half months in it. Um, two and a half, three months into the season now. <laughs> Numbers keep going up, Mel, don't it? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half, three months into the season now, Tiago Silva's bedded in. 
Yeah, that, right? that was that was the point I was going to make. Is also, it, him being bedded in means it, a lot. That's also a thing, but th- that wouldn't have affected the confidence of Zuma or Rudiger or whoever because you know that Thiago Silva is one of the best defenders in the world. Right. Has been for a number of years now. So his experience, his leadership, he would have slotted in just fine, and that wouldn't have made me play any better or worse had he been there. If anything, it would have made me play better, right? Right. But if I have no confidence in who's behind me, Right. I would attempt to do things that I wouldn't normally do because I can't allow the shot to get taken. Right. And you overplay that you fuck up. And that's what I think happened the entire time. You know that, I mean, maybe a little bit of movement along that back line um, in terms of their passing and playing out from the back may have been affected with somebody new like Tiago Silva. But in terms of just my job, my job would be made easier. I feel like, with Tiago Silva being there because yeah. he is one of the better defenders this world has seen. It seems like the weight of the world's been taken off of Kurt Zuma's shoulders and mm-hmm. Zuma can just go be a hard man and fight for a tackle and win aerial balls and not really be over concerned if there, if he makes a mistake because his partner next to him is going to cover his ass. Exactly. It seems like, right? Yeah. Exactly. He can, he can play his game now. How much, he's got, if he if if something happens, I trust this guy to make a save now. I would I would also debate now. I mean, obviously the the keeper is, is big, but also let's remember the keeper's very young too. So for as well as Mendy's playing right now, couple two three drops, little flops, little mistakes that that ego can be shot real quick, especially yep. when you're playing in the prem. The point I was going to bring up that it, I didn't put down in the notes, but I kind of wanted to throw at you is really I think it's the wingbacks. I think you're off Could of Aspilicueta and uh, and uh, the let's call him the Bolton driver, <laughs> um, <laughs> allegedly, 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 of course. Yeah. And you have Ben Chilwell is bedded in, yep. And then um, Reese James on the other side is doing a kick-ass job. He's, he's starting to play with a little bit more maturity. Absolutely, I, it, it seems like it's starting to meld and work. And another thing that I think also plays into to uh, their hand as well. It's Conte, not Jorginho, in front of that defense. Yep, big time. Jorginho is so slow. Conte's better. Conte's no, better at the 100% position. He's better, yeah. and especially for big what time. Frank wants to do with that team, he's better. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm going to jump ahead to this next question, and then we'll go on to Spurs. Is Chelsea now a title contender? Yes, hundred percent. Like it seems like they got the yips out of their system. You know, the loss to uh, the loss to Liverpool and the two draws to Southampton and West Brom. It seems like. The defensive yips are gone, and that that offense can score. I mean, that yeah, offense could score. They didn't score this game, but that offense could fucking score. I, part of that too, I think Tammy was a, a bit. They just weren't on the same page for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Ball was played behind him, or made the wrong run. You know, he zigged when he should have zagged, so right. to speak. You know that kind of stuff. But the balls were being put into the box. Reese James had a couple of crosses. Um, like I'm trying to think of who was on the left side. I think it may Zayek. have been. It was Zayek and Werner and Werner on each side. I think Zayek put in one or two balls that, yeah. that Tammy kind of twisted his body and contorted, and, and it was weird as well. But yes, yeah, I mean the the chances were there. Giroud missed a good chance. Um, mm-hmm. The chances were there for Chelsea, and uh, Tottenham didn't really. 
they had two or three shots. I think Mason Mountain had a fantastic shot. Yeah, um, and that, Pulisic that now, Pulisic now getting uh, getting back in and getting healthy is gonna is gonna help them as well. Oh, big time! Just gonna incorporate more depth. And oh, yeah, hundred percent. And and when you have that competition for places, we talk about it all the time. It pushes everybody to be better. The guy on the bench wants to get into the team. The guy in the team wants to keep his job. So that competition for places lifts everybody at the club. And then, and, and now then, they have genuine competition in those front four spots. And then they also have guys who can play in Europe as well mm-hmm. during the middle of the week. If, so they're not as it, tired. Yeah. If only the top, the, the, the last two teams to win titles could manage Figure to that get out. by. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but apparently they seem, and, and also then subsequently with Tottenham, they've got depth, they've got rotation, they've got competition for spots. Is, is Spurs buying into Jose? Yeah, big time they are. Um, and a lot of that boils down, I think, to Harry Kane buying into Jose. Yeah. He works his socks off for that team, and every, and he's the captain. Everybody everybody around them is mm-hmm. responding to that. Um, and Jose has always had that. He had it with John Terry and Frank mm-hmm. uh, when he was at Chelsea. He had that to an extent with uh, a couple of the players in the Manchester United back line right. um, that led by example. But it just, uh, I think some of the players in that tenure were a little too young, a little too raw. Like McTominay. McTominay, yeah. his favorite player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> surprised he hasn't tried to buy him for Spurs yet. To be but honest. he's also had that when he was in Italy and when he was in Spain Correct. too. Players bought into the system and that's why mm-hmm. it works so well. Because let's face it, 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 it can be attractive football when the other team allows you to be, but if the other team's going to dictate pace, Jose is always happy to just let you do it. 100%. I mean, the, I, I, you obviously you weren't here for the last week, but when Spurs beat City, I mean that was the most Jose match ever. Like, I think one, two, three is going to be some combination of Liverpool. Not necessarily in this order, but mm-hmm. Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs will be one, two, three. I think it's pretty safe to start to say that now as you're starting mm-hmm. to see the season unfold. I would, I'd very starting much starting to get that separation in, in places now. Yeah, I'm very much beginning to agree with that. Yeah. It's, and, and something with, with Spurs, it, again, it's the Jose effect. Fucking Ndombele gets shit on for an entire season. Now he's a fucking greatest thing since sliced bread on the pitch yeah. playing the position that Deli Alley used to play and who's Deli Alley? Where's Deli Alley? What, what's, what's a Deli Alley? Like right. g- gone, like gone. Like so, it I never mean, existed. The, the two things that, that came out of this game for me totally is you saw Chelsea, you saw Chelsea become more of a team period. As you say, they got the yips out of their system. I'm going to say they're now on to the, Kaye motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, they're now into the, into the thick of it and, and putting themselves amongst it. And I think they have the quality to be there, thereabouts. I'm not excited um, to see him as an Everton fan in the next couple of weeks. We see them in two weeks. They're not honestly with as young as their team is team of Werner, uh, Hatem Zayek, Tammy Abraham as as young Mason mountain, as young as their core players are Christian Pulisic, the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. Kurt Zuma, I mean, the only real elder statesman in that group is Thiago Silva. Yeah, that's it. As young as that team is, they could dominate English football for the next few years. <clears throat> they, they've they've got all the makings to do it. That's mm-hmm. for damn sure. They really do. Tottenham uh, out of this game is, you know, they're just a, a special bunch of little ponies. <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was Mourinho said afterwards. <laughs> did you see that? No, no, I did not see oh, it. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, asking if it was, you know, a a two or three horse race with with Spurs, Liverpool, 
and maybe Chelsea or, or whatever. And uh, he said, no, to be a, to be in a race, you have to be a horse. We're not horses. We are ponies. Oh, trying to play it down. Yeah. Don't let it and get in goes, his boy's head. And he goes, but we have good signs. You know, today's a good point away. Today's yeah. a good point away. But we, we walk in, we leave here top of the table, but my players are annoyed. It's good. That I heard. I heard that quote. It's good. That- yeah, no, he uh, was my little pony. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I did like I did. And that is actually something that you and I have discussed about Tottenham at nauseum is, does it seem like they want to win? Well, hearing him say, my players walk out of here with a point and they're annoyed. That's a turn in the right direction for Spurs. Like but, that's what, not what something fucking, that they had before. What fucking pisses me off, of course, is... Spurs had the talent to do stuff, right? Which is annoying to say the least. Right. They never had the quality and coach to do anything, right? Pochettino was a good coach, had great ideas, but he didn't have the spine. He had never done anything himself. Yeah. It's, right. You bring in somebody that has Southampton to seventh was the best thing he had done. Right. But you, you bring somebody in that won stylish with Real Madrid that won like shit with Inter, that won like shit with Chelsea that, that had a difficult time at Manchester United, but I, I think part of that was they bought players that didn't fit Jose's style. Finished second place behind a team who had over 100 points, who had a record-breaking year. Yeah. Like, so but my, my point is, is that you have somebody now with fuck you experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if one of those Spurs players looks up and says something to him, hey, I, I don't think this is a good idea. If you look at my trophy cabinet, walk down the hallway and look at yours. Yeah. yeah. And tell me what the fuck you think. Yeah. And it, then it, 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 they're they, certainly they have in. no choice but to buy into it. And somebody with instilling that winning mentality for a team traditionally that chokes is a scary proposition, especially for an Arsenal supporter. Yep. So moving on to the next game, we're going to talk <laughs> hard hitting analysis. I know. Yeah. Oh, no, I just yeah. wait. I just waited to hear you go. It fucking sucks. No, it sucks. I hate I hate everything about it. It, it, it brings me to tears and I will cry probably on the show if they win the title. So come on, Chelsea. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I believe this song is welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? <laughs> yep. Cause that's what happened to me last year. Dick. Yeah. I won't remember that at all at the end of the season. If it happens, I won't remember it one bit, Sam. Fair I'll enough. be a nice, calm, sympathetic friend. Fair I will. Enough. Absolutely. Anywho, moving on to the next game. We'd like to talk a lot about the game, but there's only a few things to talk about. And really let's face it. The post-game presser is all we can fucking talk about. Like, well, the game didn't really offer a whole lot. Um, your boy Les Pay fucked off. Uh, <laughs> he should be fined for missing that penalty. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Got idiot. the keeper go completely the other way, and you did a slow roller that went wide. A slow roller that <laughs> went by. Jackass. It was terrible. That's yeah. a passing drill you do every uh-huh. week is what you miss. It's fucking it is so stupid. Um, but what are you gonna do? Pascal Gross steps up in injury time and takes care of that. Do you think it's a penalty? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. definitely do. I would say it's a soft penalty. Absolutely a soft penalty. But I would say I remember specifically a uh, Sadio Mane penalty against Leicester last season in a two to one game. That penalty being the game that de- the, the goal that decided it happening. And it was just as light as that one. It's yeah. a defender trying to clear a ball and the striker gets himself in the way to make sure he gets hit. That's right. what's what happened. Well, no, it, 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 he got to the ball first and ended <laughs> up being kicked. And this was the problem we had with what game was it last week that we talked about? Um, 
I, t- I spoke to you about it separately, obviously mm-hmm. from the show. Whoops a daisy. Whoops a daisy. Uh, well done there, killer. But there was <laughs> I kicked the trash can. But there was something, um there was some game last week, I forget what it was, where this was a penalty. Or uh, they called the foul on the player that got to the ball first. And then we t- we talked about it uh, about Declan Rice during the international break. Yes, that was how the, he got the ball and got that kicked. was the villa match against Brighton. That's what yes. Uh Solly March. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so <laughs> once again, though, there's inconsistency. <laughs> in decision-making, which is annoying from the referees. Right. Well, I do believe it was a penalty personally. I I very much agree that it was a penalty. Um, The the exact same call got called against Andres Gomez in the Newcastle match on uh, Colin Wilson. Like that it's, it was foul. Like it's by the letter of the law, it's a foul. And I'm starting to say now with VAR, um, it's not so much fuck VAR, VAR's fault. It is, it's bringing to light the rules. The way in which the laws are written. And then it's also bringing to light how an individual ref wants to call a game. We all were screaming for him to go to the monitor. Well, now they're going to the monitor. Guess what that means? It's now their decision. Yep. So we need to be okay with the fact that it's their decision. We can't start screaming at them and going, well, no, you're supposed to see it differently. No, (laughs) no, he's going to see it the way he wants to fucking see it. It's like, you know, what is what it is. So then anywho, clop. Yeah, you you go on. No, no, I want to let you go first. Get your impressions because I've I've thought about it, rethought about it, and thought about it again because I have so many thoughts on it. Uh, the only thing I really need to say about it is I couldn't <laughs> tell the difference between him and my hungry newborn. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to it twice. So, <laughs> this is not this is not Klopp style. We've all known Klopp to be a bad loser and gets mouthy, but in a very charming way. Exactly the way he kind of did here, you know? Like, I'm still going to say it with a smile, but yeah, you are correct. How about that? You got it right. A hamstring. Very good. Good for you. Right. Like, but I'm going to do it with a smile. Everybody can tell I'm telling you to fuck yourself, right? Well, I started to wonder, is he Jose in it? He might be. Is, Is it because his team just played like shit? Gave up a f- two penalties. He had to pull players because of, you know, because of getting them rest and keeping them fresh because his team, let's face it, is very depleted. And and it's, you know, we talk about Chelsea and Tottenham. Well, Liverpool's really decimated with injuries. Oh, yeah. And they have those a, other a two teams. Champions League tie yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. Those other two teams aren't bitching and moaning because they have lots of backups and things are fine. If they were, if Jose was down to, basically 14 guys who could play for him, he'd be bitching and moaning too. He would be. But I wonder if Klopp is just doing the whole, here, look at me, so you don't pay attention to what just happened out there. I really wonder if that's what he was doing. It's the same thing Hassenhutl did. Did you hear this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard this one. He said, we were in the dressing rooms, and they were were going mad celebrating like they just won the Premier League. Mm -hmm. That, you know shows to how good we are that they're that happy about this and to to like, to uh, have people ignore the fact that uh you gave up a two goal lead yeah exactly yeah. it's like what are you talking about I, but but then in the same regards Manchester United respects us that's why they're happy they won but shut the fuck up it, <laughs> is it that's but that's part of a manager's job right. right it's to deflect pressure from his team Jose was the best at it yeah period so uh, yeah ab- absolutely I think it's gonna be you know him trying to take the shine off of it I, I, uh, for, I'm, for I'm tending to think that's what he did, but then also there's some things in there that he like and his teeth y- yet a, a, a few things that are yet inexcusable. 
like running on the field in the Merseyside Derby last season was in fucking excusable, right? After the penalty was scored, he turns to the linesman, starts clapping in his face. In fucking excusable. Should like, have been a card. And 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 what will happen is nothing. Now let's go rewind back into the day and look at your club. Your boy, Wenger, would get on TV after a match and go, I didn't agree with the call. I think the referees need to do a better job. One match ban, 10,000 pound fine. Yeah. <laughs> and here is Klopp oh, but then when they, clapping in the face of an official. You know what the best was? is back in the day too when, when uh, we had the benefit of a shit call, mm -hmm. right? I did see it. I have to look at it again on the monitor. Uh, it, it was, you know, just a, uh, I, I didn't have to see it back before I make a decision. It's, you know, too. And then, you know, him kind of him, him and hawing about the well back penalty. And it's like, dude, you get those calls all the time. And when you get those calls, you're like, well, they made contact. It was a penalty. Well, if they make contact, it's a penalty by that rationale, which is very, yeah, but everybody does that. But everybody does that. If right. it's for somebody else's club, Oh, definitely offsides. If it's your club, come on, ref. It, it, it's definitely even. So it's a, but it's the same shit. But then to but then what then makes you wonder if it's just him being a sore loser and a petulant child is then the uh, Del Dale Ellis was it the the interviewer? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Again, we shouldn't even have a fathom of what his name is, right? We shouldn't know who the guy is. Just goes James Milner. Was that a hamstring? Right? Like. Because that's your job is to ask the coach after the match what the assessments of the injuries are. You do that. It, that is a question that, that Jurgen Klopp fields day in and day out when he speaks with the press. What they always ask is, how did this guy get hurt? How is this guy's Who's recovery? injured? Right. And how, he just how's goes, the recovery going? And then Klopp turns on the interviewer. Uh -huh. Yeah, you got that right. Good for you. Good, good, good job. Like... And then goes off on this tangent about how the games are scheduled and the way everything is set up and, and all the interviewer could do. And this is the best. He's just like, I don't know why you're yelling at me. I can't fix it. Like that was the best when he's just like, why are you yelling at me? Like, I, I like, I, I, I don't, think, I don't schedule the games. I assholes. Think, shut up. I think he's just frustrated. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, and it's natural for football people, for sports people in general to want the breaks to go for their team and not for the others. So that's always going to happen. We all do it all the time, but it's pass interference mm -hmm. when they're marking us. <laughs> but when our guy does the same thing, it's not pass interference, right? It's a, what, the Redskins. I bring this up because it was very soft. Right. <laughs> when we were coming down, I think a guy touched his shorts on the way. It was illegal contact downfield. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. During the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Swept them boys. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> them boys. Try and play a man's game. Yeah. <laughs> so he turned around, right, as he's running and barely, it did not affect the play whatsoever. Mm -hmm. If that was us and Dallas was on offense, I'd have lost my shit. But because it happened while Dallas was on defense in our benefit, mm -hmm. I was like, great call, ref. Well done. It's just a normal sports thing to, to do that. Now, difference is you look like a petulant child because you're the manager of one of the most successful clubs in, your, in world football history. Yeah. So you've, you've won a Premier League title and a Champions League title in back-to-back -back seasons. Right. 
So show some fucking professionalism. You looked like a petulant child, but it, I think it is a natural reaction, a natural thing for people to act like that. Last That's thought. It. Last thought on this. Okay to call out another coach by name about a vote behind closed doors? No, never. That was, I, I was on the same, like, the fuck I, are I, you doing? That I didn't hear. What Called was this? Out, uh, while he was doing his whole rant, which I'm sure you probably tuned out of about I, a minute in, because you're yeah. just like, whatever. <laughs> he starts going off about five subs again and then says, well, you'll have to talk to Chris Wilder about that because he voted against it. So since we can't, we, we, we can't have five subs because most of the league votes for it, but Chris Wilder votes against it. No, that's fucked. Uh, I Chris, Chris Wilder then of course got asked in his match and he had just lost and he hasn't won a game and he's only scored four goals and he goes, I'm going to do what's good for my team. Period. Yeah. That's it. That's all but I'm going to do. Not I the manager, what, I'm sure the managers talked about it, but that it's not his decision either. The votes come from yeah. the chairman. Yeah. Rule, so, rule change votes, law change votes come from the chairman. Yeah. It's uh, not the manager that does it. All right. So Klopp's a petulant child. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. couple of high-flying matches this weekend. Uh, we had a comeback in one, and only one goal in the other, yet it was still really fucking wild. Manchester United 3, Southampton 2, Leeds United 1, Everton 0. Um, Saints take advantage early, despite not really looking very good in the first half. I think they were in control of it, though. I think they were the better team. I mean, minus the scoreline, I think they were playing better. Huh. One thing I love about football is you could play like shit and win. Yeah. Um, because you only need two moments of brilliance. You can play like crap the rest of the time and just hang on. Well, you know what I'm saying? well Southampton almost spit it away with a uh, McCarthy kicking the ball down the middle and then making the back-to-back brilliant point blank correct. saves. Yeah, yeah. Like but they, one, of the, it was, one of those goes in, it's a completely different game. No, absolutely. But the, they, the two nil lead, they, they kind of stormed out. It was, it was good. I thought they were relatively on the front foot minus a few mistakes. And Manchester United, again, looked disjointed and like they didn't know what they were doing. Like they had no real purpose or desire. And then introduce Edison Cavani. Uh, I was going to say, introduce one Mr. Henderson on the bench. Well, that, that also for, helps. Yeah, that also helps. And, and really, you know what? You bring up an excellent point. I Fuck the rest of the game. I don't even care about it. The real story in this one is Taylor got a point for a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> In his fantasy team. Finally, my strategy is coming to fruition. <laughs> Mel's 10th round pick. <laughs> the, back, the backup keeper for Man U. Finally gets into the match. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, is, which is quite fucking funny. It really was a tale of two halves. Because then you had, you know, you enter, enter Cavani. And then suddenly there's a man that's making so many runs that defenders, the two center defenders have to start paying attention to him. And it just completely opens up the field for a player like Bruno Fernandes, you know? Right. Absolutely. That, that's, you know, it wasn't well, Edison Cavani requires a level of professionalism from his teammates. There is nobody that works harder than that man, him and James Milner. Like, they're gonna com- they're gonna play till they're forty eight years old. He does a lot of selfless work as 100%. a striker, and he's perfectly he runs, happy to he do it. He runs to nowhere, yep. knowing that he's not going to get the ball, and he does it at full speed, specifically to get the center right back to follow him five feet, and that five feet is just enough for the man with the ball to make a cut towards goal. Like Absolutely. it's just those little things that he does, and. I mean, I know we all joked about the signing of him, but you got him on a free 
And what you brought was a fucking professional. Yep. And but you just see it. Everybody started playing with purpose in that front six. Everyone started playing with, oh, here we go. So somebody that works hard, somebody that, that you know does this that Bruno Fernandez. I don't have to do it all myself. You know, there's somebody to get on the end to make runs and make space to do all these things. And right. it, it proved it also he's a lethal finisher. Um, so this in a week, little bit of trouble though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, he uh, made a uh, a reference that is typically made by South Americans towards someone being African American, and it's normally African a, South American, right? <laughs> African South American, and it's normally used in a term of kind of like an affection, like you know, someone in the family that's darker than the rest of the family. Right. And the term he, is Negrita. Yeah. And he used it and the manner that everybody's really pissed about it right. because the teething racist Luis Suarez used that exact same term about 10 times in a row with a whole lot of pinche in it as well towards Patrice Evra a few years back. There is a difference yeah. between lamb blasting somebody uh-huh. over and over again and what Cavani did. So you can't compare the two for me. Right. One was obviously used as a weapon. The other one was obviously not. Right. Doesn't make it right, but the same level of punishment should not apply here, in hey, my opinion. Well, if we, if we wanted to give it a uh, American term, Cavani is of the age group of a Gen Xer who will probably typically put their foot in their mouth, but then realize that they put their foot in their mouth and just be like, hey, look, seriously, no offense. He's already del- like, he already deleted the yeah. post like, and, sorry and has that. made an apology about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but he's in a, in, a, in, a, in a country now in, in the UK where, a lot like here, this issue is on the... F- front burner for a change. Yeah. This issue is, is in the, in, in the public space in the public mindset in, in the decision-making process. And yes, it's an offensive term by those standards, by the standards of, I guess you would say Northern hemisphere. Right. (laughs) Standards. Um, it's not something that needs to be in the public space. It's not something that should be in the public space. Right. What you say to your friends in the comfort of your own home or in the comfort of the training ground is your business. Can't do anything about that. Right. Right. Whether I like it or not, can't do anything about it. But once you put it into the public space, something should be done about it. Mm -hmm. Now. And again, there is something different for me in the manner, in the context in which, in the manner in which something is said. Right. So all of the people comparing this to Patrice Evra and Luis Suarez's situation. Got to realize it's complete, it's apples and oranges. That for me is apples and oranges. And the same level of scrutiny should not be applied. Yes, it should be scrutinized, but you don't need a 10 out of 10. You need a five out of 10. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Hey, buddy, we don't use words like that anymore. Right. That's it. Do you see Do you understand what I mean? We get get you were trying to be affectionate. affectionate You're trying to show Marcus Rashford some love. Right. Right. And it it backfired. Also doesn't help that the person you use it towards is kind of the poster child for uh, (laughs) anti-racism in England right now. And right. He's he's kind of the face of the league as far as, as far as, uh, as far as social issues go, it's, it's Rashford. He's, it's him and Raheem on, on race. It's him and Raheem Sterling. Yeah, absolutely. Rashford is, is much the poster child for, um, just socially, just social things in general. Cause you got the government to provide school meals for kids. Yeah, absolutely. That were poor oftentimes. Of, uh, of African descent. So Ole's safe this week. He wasn't safe a few weeks back. Are we no, expecting him to not be it. safe in another week? 
Um, yeah, at some point they'll fuck off again. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh shit, if somebody else comes in here, we'll actually have to work hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get to do what we want anymore. So, um, yeah, so they'll, they'll do what they need to do to keep the substitute teacher around for a bit. Mm-hmm. But eventually I think the ax is going to come for him. So, uh, on to the next match, 38 total shots, 14 on target with 13 saves between the two, uh, keepers, including on my, I could count on more than one hand, about six worldies, like six point from, from both keepers. Yeah. I said that there was, it was a pretty even game and could have finished five to five (laughs) for, for the neutral. This was a fabulous fucking match. Absolutely. It was the, you could not have asked for a better match at 12 o'clock on NBC for a casual sports fan to go watch because that was non-stop action. Show someone how low scoring can be still fun. This is I the give game. you Leeds yeah. versus Everton. Absolutely. The antithesis to Chelsea Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The game was very open. Uh, Everton did have two goals, uh, goals ruled out for offside, though. Um, and that should be mentioned. Post was hit a couple of times. Yeah, the um, the, the second one with the Godfrey blocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see it being called. I could see it also not being called. Yeah, it was referee's interpretation. You're you you can't really argue it. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rafinha um, actually got the goal uh, in the 79th minute. It's a decent strike, uh, but I think Pickford saw it late after cover. Was it Keen? Uh, Godfrey. Didn't it was Godfrey's legs. God Godfrey gave him a little too much room. But he, fact, got, he at one point he Godfrey, got it between his legs and put himself into Jordan Pickford's sight line, which so, was difficult. So used to the uh, Bielsa style of play that Everton had been seeing the whole match, when that ball got onto his foot at twenty three yards out, Godfrey's first reaction was to step back, expecting a pass, because that's how Bielsa's team plays. And credit to Rafinha, he saw it. He immediately just set himself right up and put a quick laser. And I mean, it was it was a perfectly hit ball. You cannot blame Pickford on that one. No, no, no. Like I said, other than to say, I'm sure the Liverpool fans would say, if only his arms were about an inch longer. Now, I, I, like I said, I, I think that that Godfrey was in Jordan Pickford's sightline. I think he probably could have done better or gotten to it had he seen it. Yeah, but I think he saw it late. And, oh, he and definitely it was, saw it. Late. And it was well struck. So if you have any hesitation there, it's in the back of the net. And that's what happened. He saw it late and wasn't able to react fast enough. But I think had he had Godfrey not been there, I think Pickford would have been able to make it over. Yeah. Um, now the next question I have for you, and also I want to be a little critical of uh, the guys on the desk this weekend for not really catching it. They were talking about uh, Everton's lack of offensive opportunities, even though I would say when you out, when you put more shots on target than the uh, team you're playing, I would say you got plenty of offensive opportunities. Right. But one of the things that they were were complaining about was just the opportunities for Richarlison, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and, J- and, and James, respectively. I would say that all goes down to the fact that there's no Luca Digne and there's no fucking Seamus Coleman on the pitch. And all your width in attack is gone. Yeah. And that seemed to really, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that, that, that the commentators didn't catch on to how important those two really Luca Digne is right. and how much that those opportunities for those guys to run around are because there's two people feeding balls from the outside and spreading the pitch defensively and making that defense have to stretch. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I completely agree with you there. I, I tell you what, for me, as I get ready to do my shot on my Lord, it's really hard to be terribly pissed about this one. 
I'm more upset about, uh, you know, losing to Southampton when we knew exactly the style of play they were going to play and we still lost to them. Right. Or just completely fucking off against Newcastle, which was a game we absolutely shouldn't have lost. So, yeah, it was good having Geckel and uh, Brody over for for the match out on the back porch. And I'll do I'll do this shot with pride. The ball didn't go in the back of the fucking net. Like you said, this game could have been five to fucking five. Yeah. Played our dicks off. It's it's really hard to be hypercritical of, of this. Played match. your dicks off and then be also sat on it. Yeah. It's hard. It's it, it's it's hard to be overly critical. Rounding out the rest of the league and oh, so that happened. All right. We got Wolverhampton two, Arsenal uh, one, Manchester City five, Burnley nil. Newcastle new, uh, Newcastle new, <laughs> Newcastle two, <laughs> Palace nil. There's a show title. <laughs> Newcastle new twice. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> West Brom one, Sheffield nil, Fulham two, Leicester one, West Ham two, Villa one. Um, awful, awful injury to start the match, Sammy, in your game. Yeah, so Wolves started pretty brightly, to be honest with you. Um, had me nervous. And then about 12 minutes in, uh, a simple corner came in. David Luiz attacking the ball, going for the ball. Uh, Jimenez going for the ball. Uh, missed it. They clash heads and are down for about 11 minutes or so. Uh, David Luiz, um, blood pouring from his head. Yeah. Uh, was allowed to carry on till halftime. I don't understand that one. Me either. And I think, uh, honestly, the club should be fined for it. I wonder. Head injuries are not something to be fucked with, and they should have been subbed off. I wonder the if medical the league t- called in and said, what the fuck is he still doing on the pitch? The blood was pouring from the bandage. It was still bleeding so he much. He tried to stand up, and he fell back over. You could see the, that normally says one is concussed. You would see that he was not the same player after that. Now I had hoped that, you know, when some people hit their heads and they can like speak another language, mm-hmm. I was hoping he'd remember how to be a good defender. <laughs> um, that didn't happen. I, I just, I saw him stand up and fall back down. And all I thought of was the old Lipton brisk commercial. Yeah. Who can it up? I can't concentrate. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can think of. Um, but uh, spare a prayer and a thought for Raul Jimenez. Um, his career is actually in jeopardy. Uh, he had surgery to repair a broken skull, a fractured skull. Um, the injury that kept Petter check out for a year mm-hmm. and as a goalkeeper that doesn't have to hit the ball frequently, um, wore his little helmet and he was fine. He's a fucking striker who has to head the ball whenever it comes who over the middle the to ball score a ball frequently. Yeah. So I don't know what he's going to be able or allowed to do. He's I haven't heard this currently sim- stable. That's what I've heard. Correct. He's currently stable and reportedly fine and surgery went well and right. he's doing he's well. Said he's interacted with his partner. Yeah. Everything seems good. I would worry for his career with a head injury like this is obviously traumatic. It's obviously scary. Um, It could change him Mm -hmm. as a person. Oh, God, yeah. And that is is scary. And you never want to see that Um, at all. No. Pedro Neto uh, kicked the shit out of us after that, as did uh, Podence. Um, and our Dama Traore made us look like school children. Gabrielle with a decent header uh, to score, to, to draw us level. 
Um, but we we were never in control of the game. They they showed a flicker of hope after we equalized and controlled the match for about five minutes, and then went right back into their shell. Why uh, can't you score? Don't know. We, this is our first time in five hundred and five minutes from open play. Yeah. The uh the Gabriel header. So I, I don't know what, what the fuck they're doing. It's, it's like they, they have no creative spark whatsoever. They're going through the motions. They look more organized defensively. I was going to say, there should be a lot of credit to what your defense did. They have looked really, really good. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, Gabriel's been a godsend back there. Rob Holding seems like a completely different player. I think the, the second, Tyranny's playing his ass off. The second goal is... The second goal was Granite Xhaka's fault, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He should have been busting his ass to get back and help the defense out. And he was lollygagging. And once I think he could have been there personally mm-hmm. to, to head back to the goalkeeper, or whatever, when, uh, when Podence lifted the ball over Gabriel's slide um, after the, uh, after the block. But I, even outside of that mistake, like Shaka and Sabios have been pretty fucking good as far as like, yeah, Sabios was anonymous in this game. The, the two of them do should much at all. deserve a fuck ton of credit in that nil, nil draw against Leeds. They were fucking worldy. So it yeah. just like, but it's I don't something know what that's they're not doing. going forward. And it can't just be, we'll insert Partey and everything will be fine. Because then if that's the case, every team just knows, hone in on fucking Partey. And it's he not, won't it's be not just like, Partey. It's Partey freeing up the others to do their thing. Yeah. Because he does so much work. Like Conte. Like we yeah. talked about with Conte. Yeah. Uh, for Chelsea. It's it's having that security blanket to be able to, to be free and do what you want and express yourself. And they're just—they're not doing that. They're playing scared. They're—it's gutless. It, it's spineless. Nobody wants to stand up and take responsibility. It's absolute garbage. Now, the only thing that matters to me is fantasy, and that would just be—I'm um, sick and tired of my number one, my first round pick, number four overall. Your boy Abamian getting his fucking, uh, getting his fucking Fortnite money like Ozil, and fucking off and giving me two points participation every fucking week. I'm going to need him to start doing a little bit more. So while you're sitting there typing on your phone, I'm going to need you to go ahead and text him. Real quick, because I know you got a pipeline. Be like, look, Big Sam's pissed off. You're not scoring him any fucking fantasy points. Fuck off and get straight. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know. Okay, very good. That's that's really all like, I care like about. Like I have a fucking thing. Um, <laughs> I would like to pontificate about Manchester City scoring five goals against Burnley, but this is what Manchester City does to Burnley every time they play Burnley. It doesn't matter that it was a kid in the net. Doesn't matter at all. Why? Because they did it to Joe Hart. They did it to Pope. They've done it to Heaton. When Manchester City, there's a reason why I took Man City and the over of three and a half. Because I looked at that game and went, oh, they scored at least four. It's Burnley. Oh, I it's, think I was supposed to do this, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that shot real quick? <laughs> As for this week's loss and Tottenham being top of the table. Yep. Cunts. Yeah. No, that'll, that'll, that'll taste like Tottenham being top of the table, too. And is there, do you, I mean, yeah, they scored a bunch of goals. Um, Burnley, I feel concerned about with, I, I feel concerned with Burnley because they've reached a point now where they didn't bring anybody in because there was no money to bring anybody in. And I understand that they, they their finances are tight, but then you let a whole lot of old veteran type players go. Not that I expect Aaron Lennon to be the, the, the savior of your team or Hendricks to be the savior of your team. But in a situation just like this, like this match, you have Hendricks out there playing instead of a 20-year-old kid starting, making his Premier League debut in the middle of the fucking pitch at center mid against fucking Manchester City. 
you're not going to succeed. Nope. You're not going to succeed. Not a chance. And and newsflash, when you turn around and play Everton next week, that's going to be a fucking problem too. Like, they... I, there's, I, I, do you really have much at all to add to this? I mean, it was Morris scores a hat trick. Yay. Okay. I said uh, Burnley did manage one shot on target, uh, but this was called spot on by Houston. Not much to say as City dominated from start to finish. Morris had a hat trick. Mendy and Ferran Torres with the others. Morris' second goal was the pick of the bunch. And Mendy took a break from his Twitter and Instagram to volley in the third. Tidy little volley. That's all I had to say. Tale of two players in the next match. Palace doesn't have Zaha. They can't win. Newcastle has uh, Wilson up top. They can't seem to lose. They have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they both did have chances in the game. It was actually pretty lively. I was surprised. It, yeah. it didn't turn out to be the the shit ta- the shit spectacular I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, both goalkeepers played well. Um, even the, you, know, you could argue some of the chances were pretty tame mm-hmm. uh, in this game. But Newcastle kept coming, and uh, and Joe Linton, I think, worked his socks off. I think he deserved that little bit of luck he got with the deflection, uh, and it was a great pass, reverse ball to Callum Wilson for him to find the back of the net uh, from uh, Joe Linton. That was great. Joe Linton is is honestly, I think it's the competition of having Wilson there has made him a better player because last season he just came in as the big high signing, figured I'm Brazilian, you gave me a lot of money, I will score goals easily, and then you didn't. You did nothing. You right. fucked right off. Well, they put, they play him in a different way to where what he played at, was at Freiburg. He was at yeah, somewhere in, in Germany. Maybe it's Hoffenheim. I don't know. Oh, somewhere in Germany. Uh, he scored like seventeen goals, but he was deployed kind of down the left and then would cut in. Here he's been a center forward, and he's not been very good at that. No, they just they play completely differently to the way that he was playing in Germany, where he made his name, and. So I think some of that, yeah, it's down to him. He needs to be able to adapt. But some of it is also, I, personally, I think you should you should pick your system based on the players you had, right? If you want to sign somebody, you want to bring people in, you got to make sure they fit the system that you want to play. Or if they just get signed, right? If they just come in, like it, what happens at Manchester United, where Ed Woodward makes all those decisions. Right. You have to adjust the formation and adjust the system to the strengths of the players that at your disposal. Um, right? Uh, absolutely. So you have to make that shit work. And if you're not making it work, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, then you're not a manager. That that's the opposite of management. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not managing. I, like literally. I I want to dive deeper into Newcastle and Palace, but I, I were already running long and I, I think I'd rather finish out the games, but put it in the back of your mind. I definitely want to talk about what we think Bruce is doing with the club and where, where Newcastle is going. And also what is Palace going to be without Saha, you know, or with Saha that just worth, worth to think about for, uh, for a future time. West Brom finally get a win. And, uh, Blades cannot get out of their own fucking way. Even when they get chances, they can't fucking score. No, but it was a lively game. I was yeah. I was actually pretty supply, uh, surprised. Um, Sheffield United did not sit back on their haunches and just try to defend. They actually went out and played, had a lot of chances, uh, a lot of stuff off target though. Mm-hmm. And they, they just they have to tidy some of this stuff up. It's I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know. Too, I, I don't, by the way, okay. I'm gonna not let you get away. If you're not gonna let me get away with them. I'm not letting you get away with them either. Surprised. <laughs> I don't know why. Lise Musette's not playing. Uh, he mm. was fantastic last season uh, and offered them something different to just the big brute 
of Ali McBurney. Why isn't Reed Brewster starting? Yeah. You spend all this money on a kid. You you like you want to do something that's going to change up your offense and be a little bit more explosive, and then you don't <laughs> fucking start him. Like, is he just not training well, and that's why yeah. he's been a sub nonstop? Bes- but- besides that, right? That's the only player they really brought in. I don't remember too many signings by them. Yeah, I, I other just- other than other than him, and I think the the midfield and defense could use some refreshing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they could have used some competition for places. They could have used just some fresh blood in the place. I, it just. So I've gotten everybody else's opinion over the past five weeks and I've given my own, but I want to, I want to hear yours. Um, are the blades figured out and are they in real trouble? Yes. Yeah. Sophomore syndrome. They're going down in my opinion. I'm, I, I, Proclaimed it last week. I said, this is just like what I saw with Watford, even though Watford had a more talented team. 10 weeks without a win. I, I went, I looked at and went, what? Because remember, this time last year, I looked at you. I said, Watford's going down. You're like, ah, let's wait and see. I'm like, no, Watford's going down. Like, yeah. Sheffield's fucking going down. That I mean, that's it. They're they're going to go down. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, Fulham get a gutsy win. And how about this? They took a penalty shot. And it went into the net. Wow. <laughs> like, Imagine that. Send into Neil, the net. <laughs> send Neil Makeless that blueprint. Not off the pipe. <laughs> not not the little dink shot that they kick right to the keep where the keeper dives, stands up and goes, here, allow me to pick up that as it's dribbling towards me. <laughs> or or the guy who scored the PK today, kicking it off of his own ankle. <laughs> oh, did he? Like, it happened uh, no, again? No, no. When oh. he against, against Everton, yeah, the yeah, one I where remember he that. slid yeah, and yeah, kicked yeah. it off his own ankle. Yeah, this time he actually put it away, right it up into the upper 90s of the, uh, just a nice hard hit, solid, boom, back of the net. Um, Fantastic. Good for them. They needed it. God, yes, they Big needed time. that. Big, well, I find it interesting that um, Mitrovic isn't starting now. Uh, likewise. Like, uh, now, I wonder if it's also because with players like uh, Lookman and Decora Reeve, you're starting to become a little bit more of a faster team up top, and you feel like Mitro might just be getting lost or maybe a little too slow mm-hmm. to keep up with what you're going with more two strikers as opposed to the lone striker with, um, <clears throat> pardon me, a couple of wings there. Well, they... they- I think Fulham set themselves up, and this is what people were complaining about Scott Parker the last few weeks, was does he know what he's doing? Is he able to change it, right? Is he able to adapt? And today he adapted. He played a Jose Mourinho style. Yeah. Lester had, and I just pulled the stats up, 67.7% of the ball. 16 shots, but just three on target, (laughs) right? So they were forcing stuff. Fulham, on the other hand, 32.3% possession, only 10 shots, five on target. So they were very efficient in their, in their possession mm-hmm. with that only having one third of the ball, but managing more shots on target than the, than the opposition. They just soaked it up and, and punched them where it hurt. Uh, Lester also started the season. They were 3-0, and and I told you I wasn't convinced by how they were doing it. And then little by little, these you know players, you know, um, you know, um, Fufana filling in for uh, Sinyochu and then uh, Mendy filling in on uh, on central mid. Like, they they're, they seem to be getting it, right? And two weeks ago, Rob and I are going, you know what? This team, legit, it, it smells like the last Leicester team that won a title. Like, this team could do it. And then they 
piss off to fucking Liverpool and they piss off here. And again, now I'm left when it comes to fucking Leicester. Who the fuck is Leicester City? Who fucking knows? I mean, there's, there's still, any idea. They're still involved for sure. I would still rate them as quote unquote contenders because this season with the, with the truncated off season <coughs> with no fans, we've seen anything can happen. Villa beat Liverpool seven, two for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Absolutely. Liverpool fucked off against Brighton. Yeah. So Leicester losing wasn't the worst thing in the world. Liverpool only picked up a point on them. Yeah. You know, the, the City only getting thing- the three is, is what hurts. But Chelsea and Tottenham both only took a point. So Leicester only lost one point to them. So the- it just, they're still involved. Nobody's running away with it by any means. I think this will be the most exciting finish to a Premier League we have because I think four or five teams could still be involved in the title race come come May. I think you got 10 teams that are involved in Europe. Yeah, easy. Like, it's that I wouldn't, good. I, I'd say nine. I wouldn't rate us in that. <laughs> I wasn't rating you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but a um, another thought here, too, is this league's got so much parity this season that the only thing that would truly shock me right now is if Sheffield United beat somebody four to nil. That'd be the only thing that shocked me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. If anybody beat anybody, it would not surprise me right now. Not at all. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one bit. Correct. Real, it's really not that shocking. Agreed. Although I will say, like I said, I just want to bang my head against the wall with, with Lester because I'm not convinced by him. Then I'm convinced by him. And now I'm left going to who the fuck is this team? Yep. It, it's, it's insane. It's just drives me nuts. And then last match. Uh, the one that closed out the week's action. Um, Hammers score in the first three minutes. They score in the next 28 seconds of the first half. And then Villa dominates the entire fucking match. And fucking bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bubbles screwed me too. Jared fucking Bowen made Mm. me lose my fantasy game by one point. Oh, and it was the bonus points from his performance today that did it. Oh, with his regular statistics, I was still ahead by two, Mm. but because, but because he was the game's number one star and got three bonus points. Oh, Smokey beat me by one (laughs) bubbles. Ah, I'm forever blowing Dude, bubbles. That was, that's the lamest intro in Pretty all of Pretty bubbles uh, in And I air. know Chris is one of our biggest fans, but that is still the lamest intro. In and the they fly so high. All they the reach bubbles the going sky. around. I was just looking at it going, for fuck's sake. And like my dreams, they fade and die. <laughs> Fortune's always hiding. I've looked everywhere. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Pretty bubbles in the air. I mean, you might as well take the shot right now then, Mel. I'm just, yeah. I mean, Graham did just serenade you. With the shots for uh, Watkins' elbow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dedicate this to Ollie Watkins' elbow. (laughs) Oh, look what button I still have. (laughs) It's also a dig to me because it's from the Molyneux. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Beat him. And indirectly, Shit. we fucked over Sam, which always <laughs> makes us happy. The This West Ham team seems like the good Moyes coach. This seems, this like, seems like the Everton of old. Yeah. Dig where, in. Not, not the Moyes Sunderland, but Moyes Everton. This yeah. is what this feels like. Mm-hmm. They just 
gritty, find ways to win. Not always the best team on the pitch, but this is what Manchester United could have been. (laughs) (laughs) Had they given him a fucking chance. Well, Moyes right now is in fifth place and in a uh, European slot, which is not where Manchester United is. (laughs) And, and my point. (laughs) And guess who they play next week? Manchester West Ham, Manchester United. Yep. <laughs> how 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 does that uh, how's that shot taste, I darling? Done it. I'm doing it right now. Okay. I just wanted to wait. Uh, mm. Teams of other fans, what well, the players Ooh. and fans from another club that famously sang <sighs> "Forever Blowing Bubbles" in the dressing room. <sighs> Who was it? Uh, Do you, you remember you guys? Right no. when uh, uh-uh. when Tottenham fucked off to them. No, uh, was it Liverpool that sung it? Nope. Then? Uh, who, who was it? The who th- fans and players from Blackburn Rovers sang it because oh. on the final day of the season, West Ham drew Manchester United, I believe, or beat them. Which gave them the title. Which gave Blackburn the title. I and remember that's why they sung the song. With champagne popping in the dressing room, they were forever blowing bubbles. Yes, I remember that's why they because West Ham knocked off the opponent that allowed a team to win the and title. And it was Manchester United that they beat right. or drew, whatever. Uh, one, one thing worth mentioning, the, the offsides call, and obviously VAR is only going to look at the potential of an offsides, not the fact that I'm going to mispronounce his name. The goal scorer for West Ham. Agabana. The, yes. Agabana has his arm completely wrapped around the chest yeah. of Ollie Watkins while holding his other arm. But, uh, we as VAR and the eagle eye in the sky that we are, are only supposed to notice the offsides, not the arms draped around the guy stopping him from running on, which he would have ran on to offsides anyways, and the goal would have been called back. But what? I, just, but, so, I love the fact that they just like, ah, don't see that. I don't think that's a problem. And here's why. He scored the goal anyway. Right. So the advantage would have been played regardless. Okay. That would not have been a foul. Fair and enough. because he was offsides, there was no foul. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? All right. Fair enough. I, fair enough. I just, it was still, it makes me giggle I'm when you're giving you a logical I, explanation to your very it's, emotional it's, response. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's logical. I'm just, Oh no, it's, it's, it's offsides. It's what, it's what the league's been calling offsides yeah. all the time. Um, it's a shame. You talked I about agree it. With you. you talked about it before the match that where the line is to be offsides is the point where it would be a handball yeah. and where it moved up was where it would not be a handball. So if you can't score with that part of your body, why does it matter if it's offsides or not? Yeah. Cause it's legitimately the one well, part of your body you that, can't score with. That's what I'm saying. So if Agbana was behind him, holding him, a piece of his body would have been offside by definition because Agbana's right. behind him. And none of it was, he was, he was wrapped around him on the side of him, like over his shoulder. Yeah, so he would have been offside. Right. Because Agbana, his arm doesn't matter either. Right. So the part that's in front of Ali Watkins doesn't matter. Right. So Ali Watkins' head, his knee, his foot. None of that was offsides. Should have been. If None he, of it was. If what you're describing is true. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Agbana was behind Watkins holding him. He wasn't behind him. He was to the to side. Him. He was to the side of him. Well, his his body was the, like, so his chest was on his one shoulder with his arm wrapped around him and the hand on his. So he was kind of even with him like this. I know okay, that we're, we're doing a great that. visual. Yeah, so. I, then I don't know. Well, I was just bringing up your point about the whole, the part of his body that was no, quote off sides is a part that can't score a goal. Right. So, so then, how is so, it an advantage? But his arm... No, I'm with you. There is I mean, no it's advantage the, it's game. The Patrick, it's the Patrick yeah. Banford against Crystal Palace Correct. thing. His arm's pointing. How does his arm, his arm can't score a fucking goal. No. 
His arm shouldn't. Your arm can't be offsides. It's only something that you can score with. Is what they call offsides. Mm-hmm. And but they measure it from the same definition by the opponent, right? By yeah. the defender. So if I'm point, my hand can't keep you offsides. It's from my shoulder up, right? My right. upper arm, whatever they call this. Right, right. Up. So I, who knows? Uh, so Smokey's ears must have been burning uh-huh. because I literally have this message. Please, please, please. Someone bring up the fact that Jack Grealish got brushed on his right leg but was crying like a girl holding his left. <laughs> Damn cheat. No wonder they're called the villains. Benny Hanna needed to start 20 minutes of football and two assists. Decent return. We've gone two hours, so it's time to tell you what little we know. It's prediction time. Well, we've only gone about an hour, but still, uh, it's worth. We need to keep the old train rolling. We're going to talk about offsides Wait, I will forever. Admit, Jack did milk that one. Like that oh. was really. Oh obvious. my gosh, it was terrible. It was oh, oh. terrible. There was there was, was one d- there was one where he got bumped. This is the one he's talking about. He got bumped. Jack stopped, looked at the ref. Jumped in the air and grabbed the wrong <laughs> knee and fell on the ground. Like literally looked right at him like a five-year-old kid and went, Oh my god, it hurt. <laughs> now what what I was gonna say was is don't blame Smokey for talking shit because You know what? I this will blame the, Smokey because that on. woke motherfucker using the like a girl. Mmm. Well uh, 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 this is uh, the only uh, eight I'm minutes. Calling him out. This is the only. Because I got no other defense. This is the only eight minutes he'll have internet today up there. So just that's true. Let him say what he wants. That's true. I got, no, probably, other, I got no other defense of Jack, so I have to turn on my attack onto the poster called deflect. Up there in the woods of Vermont or wherever the fuck he lives. Yeah, at and least he's got his pies to keep him happy. Very true. I didn't get any pies, dicks. No, nor did I. But no, what I'm so he his autocorrect probably is still processing, even though the email's gone. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. So what's important is I hit my bet because uh, I know what I'm doing. The rest of you suck. Thank you. Well, the rest of you suck. That's just awesome. the case. So let's see here, Graham. You I went back, listened to everything. So you told me I need to keep track of where your money is. Last week, you were down 443. Okay. And because you suck at fucking betting, you are now down 543. <laughs> Thank you. What loser do you have this week? <laughs> uh, so first thing for the cup of losers, if you'd be so kind. Yes, please. Feed the cup of losers. Over this way. Uh, the last month or so of my betting has perfectly summed up 2020. <laughs> toss that right well into awesome. the um, we're not gonna get a pat today right or no. okay so i got there's, his email there's, so there's gonna... trouble so no worries i've got his email so we'll be ready to rock something about a bookie following him oh uh, well you know how that shit goes all right i go for another three-way parlay <laughs> of course you do uh this one should hit southampton to beat brighton mm-hmm. should be fairly simple manchester city to beat fulham mm-hmm. also very simple <laughs> And then finally, Chelsea to beat Leeds, which is the toss-up game, which gave me plus 374, because I need to start chipping away at this losing streak I've got going on. So to start your betting, there'll be a Brighton-Southampton 1-1 draw and completely fuck off your bet. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I think that game happens on Monday. Uh, What does it pay you out? So it'll finish fucking me off. Oh, yeah. Uh, it pays out uh, three seventy four right, on so a hundred dollar bet. Takes away a little bit of the a uh, little bit of the debt there. That's it. Yeah, right. I just I need to chip away at it. So I had two, in my opinion, shoe wins mm-hmm. with Southampton and City. The toss up for or I'm sorry with Chelsea and Southampton. Fuck Chelsea and City. The two shoe wins. Right. 
the toss-up for me then turns into Southampton Brighton. Although Leeds finally getting to play Chelsea again for the first time in a long time, that, that I think might... it'll be fine. Cool. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> tend to agree. <laughs> well, then, since we couldn't get him on the phone because because he's on the run from the boogies, from the boogies, and now. It's time for our degenerate gambling <laughs> friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Ooh, the boogeyman's <laughs> coming to get you. Yeah, they are. Gonna, <laughs> you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, pay me my fucking money. <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to say. So close. So damn close. Well, I was a couple of minutes away from hitting last week until Manchester United decided to come back and with a win in extra time. So now I'm back down to minus 807. So this week, I'll only be making two picks. I'll uh, have to make a pick in uh, the Tottenham Arsenal game. I'll take Tottenham minus the half a goal at minus 110. So he's risking 110 to win 100. (laughs) And I'll take Liverpool over the Wolves at minus one goal at minus 140. Let's hope I'm not down four figures come this time next week. Have a great week. Um, There you go. He's picking against your boys. That's fine. I would too if I was him, to be honest with you. (laughs) Fucking assholes. Although all of you picked them last week and they fucked you over. Yeah. You picked them. Rob picked them. Mm -hmm. Pat picked them. You all picked them. They were just like, how can we fuck over the Arsenal fans and still be successful? We'll get a point. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I hit for my bet, like I already said, and I hit for my bet, Sam, like, you know, five minutes into the second half, which was really nice. So I could just sit back and put my feet up and enjoy the five, nothing drubbing, which was good. And I'm now up $235. Big Sam's lock of the week. And I do the math every week, Sam. Did you know? 36.6% of the time (laughs) it works 100% of the time. And you know, my six winners are a whole lot more than your one. Thanks. One. Got okay. one right. Got right. one right, Sam. It was one that was worth a lot. Yeah. It's all you done. One. <laughs> one. You know it's worth a lot? The fact that I'm up and have been up almost the whole season and you're down. That's what's worth something. All right. This week, a bet that's guaranteed to fuck me over, but will make me happy if they do get if it does fuck me over. I'm gonna take Liverpool to beat Wolves with Jota to score at plus one seventy-five. Mm. Thought it was pretty good odds. That's not bad. Yeah. And he's been on a bit of a streak. Yes, he yes, he absolutely has been. Um that segment was mediocre. Could have been better. You you I mean, frankly, (laughs) you you could have been stronger. (laughs) But we strive to give you more here at the DU Football Show. Christ. It's the sound you've been longing to hear, Sam Graham. I give you Kitty the Chicken. Well, Kitty missed on Liverpool and finds herself at four over six. So this week, I gave her Man City hosting Fulham. So Kitty quickly pulled out an old Polaroid of her with Johnny Marr and the late Ian Curtis in front of Salford Lads Club. Ooh, some old school new wave uh, post-punk music stuff. There you go. I mean, how I mean, not too is... many people know about the Salford old the, the Salford Lads Club. That's for damn sure. I've heard sure. of all of those words, just never in the same sentence. <laughs> Kitty not only knows the words, but she was there. And so along with That would be both, 1980 when she was there. Yes, 1980. <laughs> Kitty, old, you know what? She gets around. She's experienced <laughs> and she's popular. She's a whore. <laughs> now, along with both being post-punk royalty, uh, they also both supported City. Well, Johnny still does. So Kitty is going with a City win. 
Now, so Sam, if you did not know, Johnny Marr is the guitarist of the Smiths. That's okay. where he was famously, and and the old Sulphur um, Lads Club is where the Smiths took their first photo together. It was kind of that day was the day that band formed. Oh, okay. And then, of course, Ian Curtis was the uh, very troubled frontman of the band Joy Division. And then Joy Division ultimately became New Order after Ian's passing. Mm. And apparently both of them, big fucking city fans. And both of them friends of Kitty the Chicken. And of oh. course, the chicken would like to remind everybody to please gamble legally and responsibly. As previously discussed, I lost by one motherfucking point to the bonus points of Jared Bowen uh, in Smokey's midfield, 36 to 35. Uh, Lindsay uh, is the the big cleanup for the week, uh, winning 40 to 14 over fantasy guru JB, whose mm-hmm. title is on the line yeah. for being fantasy guru. He's no do so well. Uh, Russ getting a rare win, 56 to 44 over David. Ray wiping the floor with Houston, 50 to 26. Um, I would like to say in that regards, when you have Jota and Bruno Fernandez, it's really all you need because the rest of his team gave him basically one point each. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Let's see. Rob uh, took care of Keith pretty handedly, 39 to 29. Um, Alberto wiped the floor with Elliott, 43 to 28. Allen uh, beat Chris, even though Chris was pretty uh, pretty respectable, thirty seven to twenty five, and Kenny. Lo- see, look, once your goalkeeper scores points, everything else seems to fall into place, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, Taylor won thirty four to twenty two against Kenny. What, Kenny? Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself yeah. to lose to Taylor. So that quickly leaves uh, Allen still in first place, Smokey in second, Ray in third, Lindsay up to fourth, Elliot down to fifth. Sam remains in sixth place. Uh, Alberto in seventh. JB in eighth. Uh, I dropped to ninth, sadly. Uh, Taylor's up to 10th. Rob uh, in 11th. Keith down to 12th. Russ in 13th. Kenny down to 14th. Chris in 15th. And David Geckle actually bringing up the foot of the table at 2 0 and 8. Uh, in 16th place. I hope you didn't mind, but I made an executive decision while you're gone, but I thought you'd really like it, is that we're going to create a DraftKings um, fantasy golf account, and the loser of our league this season has to do fantasy golf for a year on our uh, DraftKings account and uh, has to report it on the Drunkard United FC page. So once a week, they have to report about how their fantasy golf team did. Perfect. So we can just rail on them about their golf knowledge as well. Fine by me. I think that is a beautiful, beautiful last place. Uh, I think prize. they should be made to bet on the competitive knitting network. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to make them pay attention to fantasy golf for an entire year. That's pretty good. And report on it back to us for I'm our in- own petty enjoyment. I'm in for that. I'm also in for uh, next season, and we'll talk about this later, mm-hmm. hopefully doing two leagues and having a relegation and promotion. Oh, that might be fun to do. I like that. Because we had a couple of people that still wanted to get in that we had shut it down because we just did the one, and it was only 16 instead of 20 teams. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a nice idea. Yeah. do uh, The uh, one draft shows on the uh, big show, and the other draft show we just oversee and let the 16 teams do it. That'd be fun. Yeah. So if we can get enough people involved and then you can have, if you're finishing last, you're fucking relegated. You're into the one that we don't talk about. Pro rel. Yeah. Pro rel. I love it. I like bringing that in. 
And it's, not, it's only admin twice. <laughs> yeah. So it's not bad. That's yeah, not that hard to do. Oh, man. easy. I'm, I'm all for it. Excellent. Well, that's going to wrap it up. We went a little long, but it's been a while. We've wanted to chat. That's for damn sure. Right? Yeah. I missed you, buddy. I missed you, too. Excellent. Very good. So you got any uh, parting words of for us? Of course I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> Let's that see. was a silly, silly question, Sam. Let's see what we got here. Uh, first, obviously, thank you to Alan and Rob for filling in for me. Russ, you can go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Russ is the nice one. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you all very much for filling in. I really appreciate it. You all did a mediocre job at best, but it kept the pod going, and I really appreciate that. Today's my father's birthday. Mm-hmm. Would have been 68 today, my late, my, uh, my late father. So happy birthday, Dad. Uh, and then lastly, um, obviously, the news that shook the football world this past week was the passing of Diego Armando Maradona, El Pibe de Oro, the golden boy, um, born very poor um, and through his career developed and maintained a man of the people uh, status and personality. And he truly was. He had some problematic views. In certain situations, he was friends with uh, Fidel Castro <laughs> um, <laughs> and Hugo Chavez, uh, uh, to, to name a couple. Um, and friends with cocaine. Yeah. Uh, when he was in Barcelona, he actually got mixed up um, with some drug dealers and got himself addicted to coke. That was exacerbated by his second world record transfer fee, the first of which was from Boca to Barca. Uh, and then he wanted to leave Barcelona. Um, Napoli bought him the poorest city at the time, the poorest city in Italy, um, paid a world record fee for him. Uh, it was said that uh, by a journalist, this city has no mayor, it has no jobs, it has no hope, but we have Maradona. <laughs> uh, yeah. He was the world player of the year a few times as well. Obviously, essentially single-handedly winning the World Cup for Argentina in 1986. Absolutely. Um, but he, in Napoli, got mixed up with the Camaro, which are the mafia, the Neapolitan mafia, basically. And he would frequently miss training. Uh, he would be late. He would not show up at all. He would miss games and because he was off on a bender. Uh, basically as, stoned out of his mind. As Rick James would say, as we know very famously from the Chappelle show, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah. But he did deliver Napoli a league title and a UEFA Cup and a, uh, a Italian Super Cup and um, the uh, trying to remember what the name I think it's just the Copa Italia <laughs> their yeah. domestic trophy their domestic tournament trophy <laughs> um, in his time there is the last time they've won the Scudetto which is the the Serie A championship uh, he is still seen as a savior of that city uh, and. As long as your crimes don't harm others, right? Uh, I believe that that's what it endeared him to the fans. Those mm-hmm. flaws that people are trying to shit on him for now. He was of the people. He was the people. He he was deeply flawed, deeply talented. He was all of those things. How many people do you know that you love that drink too much? Or yeah. that this, that, the other? Yeah. Everybody's got a demon. Everybody's got some sort of a problem. Ellen DeGeneres is a fucking asshole. Doesn't make her show suck, but she's an asshole, right? right? She's addicted to anger. Fine. It is what it is. Diego Maradona was addicted to cocaine. That doesn't make him a bad person. Diego, if people live life in the fast lane and they're going at 200 miles an hour, 
Diego Maradona went at 250,000 miles an hour. Yeah. That he man was, lived life to the fullest. And everybody wants to talk about the hand of God, hand of God, hand of God. Let's look past the hand of God and let's remember the time where he single-handedly dribbled through the entire English squad. There was five, either five or seven players. Seven players dribbled Six, through seven yards. Seven English players to score that goal. And like you said, he single-handedly won a World Cup. Everybody wants to talk about Messi. You know what Messi hasn't done for his country? Win a fucking World Cup. You know what Diego Maradona did for his country? Win a fucking World Cup. Yeah. By himself. Essentially, Single-handedly yeah. carried that team. Essentially, yeah. And it is, um, as, as great as Messi and Ronaldo are, it is very simple. There is a one and there is a two. That number one is Pele. That number two is Diego Maradona. Absolutely. You cannot beat that. In that my book goal as well. he scored is the goal of the century. It might be the goal of this century too. It was one of the most amazing goals ever scored by a that a human being should not have been able to do what he did, the way he did it, at the speed that he did it, and the, the veracity in which he did it was fucking insane. He was also quite hard. Uh, I remember yep. a brawl with uh, Barcelona versus uh, Atletico Bilbao in the uh, mid '80s um, that I've seen video of, where he was fighting four or five Bilbao players at once. Fancy boys normally go down and winning. He was a fancy boy <laughs> who would throw fights, throw yeah. fists. Oh yeah, big time. Also, uh, the the north of Italy, there was a, a big economic disparity uh, between the north and the south. And them winning the title, one of the, the headlines of the newspaper uh, said something to the effect of defeat of an empire. Mm -hmm. The old Italy has lost and the new Italy will rise kind of, kind of situation, which just further adhered him, made him a god to those fans. Um, we, we think of, of also, you know, how many times do people of fame have surround themselves with people that say, remember, you're not a god. Remember, you're not a god. Remember, you're not a god. Everyone in his life was saying you are a god. You can do anything you want. And god damn it he did. Cuz because Diego Maradona was a fucking god. Absolutely. He was 100%. a god amongst men. The Pope Pope John Paul II had him hosted him at the Vatican. And he uh this was a, a forum about economic disparity in the world and the church's place in that and how they can help. Diego Maradona looked the pope in the face and he said you can start by selling your ceilings, amigo, because they're made of gold. Mm. Mm. Dude had a set of nuts on him that you wouldn't <laughs> believe. <laughs> the guy was awesome. And I'll close with this. is a quote uh, from a Barcelona teammate of his, Lobo uh, Carrasco. He said, he had a complete mastery of the ball. When Maradona ran with the ball or dribbled through the defense, he seemed to have the ball tied to his boots. I remember our early training sessions with him. The rest of the team were so amazed that they just stood and watched him. We all thought to ourselves, privileged to be witnessed to, of his genius. Perfectly and that's a said. Perfectly fucking said. I never consciously got the, uh, th the, the privilege of watching him play live. It was, he was at the 1994 World Cup here in the States, but I was eight years old. Right. I don't remember it. I'm sure I saw him play, but I don't remember it. But I've watched hours of his videos. I've watched almost every documentary about him. The man is a legend and a few mistakes and some, some struggles in his life should not change that. And any of you cunts that are out there trying to tarnish this man's legacy, 
You go fuck yourself. If the first words out of your mouth when it comes to Diego Maradona is the hand of God, go walk into oncoming traffic. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Absolutely. That's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Next up is injury time. More of the same. We're going to preview the next weekend's action. And Sam, if somebody wanted to figure out how to get injury time, how would they do that? They could do that at www.patreon.com backslash do you football show, where occasionally I'm looking at the clock and uh, you're not going to get your money's worth this week. <laughs> we got to do this kind of quick. Heard. <laughs> Just kidding. Excellent. Check that out. Uh, and you get loads of other extras as well. We got stickers. We got stuff like that. that uh, depending on which tier you sign up to, you might be able to get something. Excellent. You still got it, homie. You Thank still got you it. very much. I appreciate that. R.I.P. Uh, uh, Diego El Pibe de Oro. Buenas noches. Till next week, everybody. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!